Hello and welcome to Stormboy Speaks. In today's episode, we're going to start a new um, series of mini programs, um, all tied in with the information that we've learned so far, as that is the goal that we're trying to achieve here. Um, and the title of these is going to be that this is the uh, the greatest cover-up in modern history and I say modern history because of course we're aware that from the beginning series and some of the other things that we've covered that there has been uh, the whole beginnings and the whole nature of human civilizations built upon um, twisted truths and lies as we've seen um, but these are you know not simple things and they're never all out lies because as we said that's not how a wise man would choose to deceive somebody, right? So, <clears throat> to make this point first, let's be aware that from our study so far, we're aware that there has been a, a manipulative hand throughout human history. Now, we saw in the first place that it seems very much, if we are, to take on board the great amount of huge uh, information in numerous um, worldwide texts talking about the, you know, gods, for want of a better word, uh, the extraterrestrials, the Anunnaki, um, that is prevalent from Japan to China to, uh, you know, South America, um, Russia, you name it. All these traditions contain the same set of ideologies largely across the board. And so we have this ancient extraterrestrial race who have engendered, begun human existence as we know it, and in, in certainly in the last 11,000 years, and from that point um, have not been as prevalent. And while they haven't, their manipulations, I would argue, very, very much have, and this is the point. They have managed to be that hidden hand, excuse me, manipulating things, um, the whole time. <clears throat> this is something we need to keep in mind throughout this all these series. Is how is it being done at the moment? For instance, how is it being done in the modern age? Well, we're going to get to that. And um, you know, it, as as I would say, if you look at the Bible as as our starting point, saying, well, in in the old days, way before that, in the Sumerian texts and the clay tablets, the gods spoke very openly with um, mankind. They gave them guides and rules about you can find really boring mundane stuff about what they suggested you charge for cattle and how deals were to be done monetarily with each other and so on and so forth all this is there and it was suggested in those tablets by these rulers by these Anunnaki um, how these things were to be done by humanity this is where humanity got their knowledge of uh, farming from etc etc which is listed you can find that farming began um, pretty much around 11,000 years ago which is pretty much when uh, the, the dawn of human history began as far as we can see. While the two are coincidental for you know a reason which we've talked about before. But the point here is we can see that this point, the hand of, of the manipulation of these people was a little bit more open. Then as we got to the Bible years, as I'll call them, um, God, in inverted commas, you know, one of those, those gods who call them Yahweh is referred to in the Bible, became more secretive as did his, his, his opposite brother as we talked about Baal um, or Ptah in Egypt um, and and this you know 
whichever tradition we're looking at, whether it be the um, Jewish tradition or it be the Egyptian tradition, um, we can see both of them demonized each other as the bad brother, the bad god, and best, basically, therefore, the devil. Um, this was seen in, in those stories, and you can see it throughout history. So this hidden hand then continued to manipulate from then on. So today what we're going to discuss, we're going to start off about the modern tradition, about where we are today and how this unbelievable cover-up when we get to it, um, which I believe has been in some place for a long time still, um, at least 70 years, 80 years probably, um, is is right there under our nose, but again, we're not seeing it. So we're going to start right back at the beginning of what I would consider the beginning of this era in that way, and that is the the kind of sudden appearance on, of the importance of UFO activity in um, modern, in the modern world, let's look at it that way. And that began round about, whilst it's prevalent throughout history, it began in earnest as far as we're concerned, it would seem, at the middle or the end of World War II, let's say, start for now, the middle of, of World War II. So, in the middle of World War II, there was a very famous battle called the Battle of Los Angeles. And to people who are into, you know, UFO stuff, they'll all know about this. Whereby a very strange filmed event and uh, certainly photographed event was in the newspapers of LA at the time um, <clears throat> when there was some sort of craft spotted over LA, which they shot anti-aircraft guns at um, for hours, which seemed relatively undamaged by this, uh, you know, by this firing, and um, this went on for you know most of the night. And then in the morning, they found pieces of this, whatever it was, debris. This was recovered and was consequently looked at by some of those scientists. Nobody knows what was done. It was obviously kept very, very high, um, highly secret. However, this was one of a number of things. At the same time during the war, there had been other um, crashes before Roswell, okay, before Roswell, which was obviously was after the war. Um, and, and during these, a couple of supposed crashes, at least they were seen as crashes, where UFO or debris of UFOs was discovered. It is arguable that some of there was a generator recovered and some working parts were recovered, which there is word to be said that apparently may have contributed to Oppenheimer's study and creation of the atomic bomb. That's open to debate, and I'm not going to get into that now because I don't know enough information about it yet. <clears throat> However, it's interesting when we look at everything else. So what we're going to say is, so after this major Battle of Los Angeles, which was a major event during the war, um, at the end of the war, what you had um, is you had this whole Operation Paperclip, which was a very famous incident that happened uh, where all the Nazi scientists who had worked during the war on huge rocket science proposals were taken over to the States and given the opportunity to work in America. And you would think anybody who doesn't know about this should be um, horrified by this. But this is very, very legit. You can look this up online. It's very clear. The head of NASA, 
Werner von Braun in later times, in the time of President Kennedy, was during World War II a V-2 rocket scientist who dropped bombs on London. That's a fact. You can look that up online and it's there. Now, the question is, how and why and why did this happen then? Well, first of all, during um, World War II, Hitler and the whole of the Nazi party were put into position as the German Socialist Party, you know, the Nazis, um, not by just some, you know, or some group of people who got together and thought, oh, you know, this is a great idea, but actually by a group of uh, high-level um, occultists and, well, I say occultists, I just simply mean um, people who went to, you know, esoteric study um, and who happened to be very uh, wealthy, the wealthy elites basically uh, from German society and the group that did this uh, were from a particular group called the Thule Society which was an occult German society uh, given towards study of ancient, um, you know, spiritual science amongst other things, and they had had connections with what they believed to be interdimensional or extraterrestrial beings, believe it or not. So this is a fact, and, and actually well known. It's also where the whole idea of why Hitler was obsessed with um, the occult, you know, the spear of destiny, all this kind of thing, which we're not going to get into just yet, but collecting, let's say, remnants of uh, spiritual relevance, like in Rages of the Lost Art, the film. That's pretty much, I mean, it's based on truth because people were interested in recovering those relics. The Germans were very, very interested in recovering those relics and they did recover lots. The Ark of the Covenant would be one of those and it, to this day may well be hidden somewhere and it was a thing. It's not an imaginary thing. Um, how do we know this? Well, in the Bible, the actual physical dimensions for the structure of the, of the Ark of the Covenant were given. And you can see that there are instructions so, so specifically made. Um, they seem to be designed as a cabinet for, um, to contain uh, probably a radioactive substance of some sort. It did seem to be that way, and the stories of the Ark in the Bible will give that away, <clears throat> i.e., you seem to get huge amounts of radiation being given off by this thing. And that's just one of the things, and it, it is, you know, alluded to in that film, and accurately so. And nobody knows where it is. It's possibly in African countries, you know, people like Graham Hancock believe fully in this and says, you know, he thinks it may be in uh, places like um, uh, Somalia um, in, in uh, Africa, but nobody's certain and there's a lot of stories about these things so that's, coming back from that we realized the Thule Society was searching for things like this so, uh, and during this time they got Hitler uh, they, who they thought would be a good leader of this sort of thing he was very a uh, good orator and they um, they recruited him because of his leanings and his political ideologies obviously uh, and they wanted to do a deal with him. So the goal was get him in, in power, and once he was in power, um, ask him to do them a favor because, you know, he was now in power, he was doing his thing. They were in the same kind of, you know, ideologies. They, he was basically in the Thule Society. They invited him anyway. Uh, and at this point, they said, right, well, 
once we've got you into power, and they did obviously, um, we'd like the help of a number of your soldiers, for instance, for our own disposal, at our own disposal, to help us build things we want to. And in this instance, building things they wanted to included uh, attempted building of UFO type saucer craft. Now, this saucer craft wasn't taken, however, just from their own made-up ideas. This wasn't just they had, you know, some willy-nilly idea. Um, the reason they did this uh, was because they had uh, one of the the occultists that worked within their group was a woman called Maria Orsich, who was a high-level channeler who channeled um, information that she said was uh, from the uh, Aldebaran, the star Aldebaran, or the system Aldebaran. Um, this is a very well-known system and um, has lots of occultish connections, interestingly. And she had channeled this information. Now, at this point, uh, the people were interested in this, but a guy under, under Hitler um, was, was extremely interested in this information. Um, one of his, his lackeys, as it were. And his name was, uh, I think it was uh, Rudolf Hess. Was it? I think it was Rudolf Hess. And what Hess was doing was um, he was very interested in her abilities of doing connections to these people. And so what he wanted to do was set up a specific, uh, you know, uh, testing session for this. So he tested this session with her and he asked her to ask them for specific things. One of those things was um, information on flying technology. She did this in the session and received back information which she drew, channeled through, and you can see these drawings and pictures online, they're there to be seen. Um, of what they called a Hanabu aircraft, which was like a flying disc. And she wrote lots of instructions on it, but it was in a language nobody understood. And uh, she was started talking in a language nobody understood. They eventually found that they could get a translator to work out what this was. And they found that she was speaking and writing in ancient Sumerian. That's right, so, which is exactly what we've spoken of, as in the original language, if you like, or certainly the original area of where the Anunnaki first appeared. Um, and so they translated this, and the Germans went on to try and copy and utilize this information and built and apparently flew uh, their own UFO flying saucers, in effect. Back engineered from channeling information that she'd got from these beings. This is the idea, all right? Very interesting, very complex. Now, um, this didn't really happen in terms of the full structure of these things till very late in the war. So the, the idea was that they were trying to weaponize these flying disks, but they couldn't do it because the plans they'd sent them didn't include any weaponry on them. And when they were trying to put on, if you like, 
standardized gun turrets which they try to do and you can see again you can see film of things like this online and they're probably accurately true they certainly look like they are um, they couldn't get them to align because one tech won't work with the other you know to very high tech stuff with kind of or basically 20th century kind of cannon fire doesn't really go and it wouldn't work and they couldn't get it to to, to work and so they were unable to use them as in a fighting way during the war so they abandoned that at the time now what happened was during the war they realized they were they were losing the war and around about the time of uh, 1944 and the normandy invasions um, what you had was um, uh, something called the red house report came out and the, the reason this is important is because um, all the money that was being put into the war uh, by a lot of major corporations in germany was suddenly withdrawn and put aside by the likes of IG Farben, who George W. Bush's uh, um, grandfather worked for, um, and uh, Volkswagen, the very famous car company, that's right, they were all invested in the Nazis big time. Um, and all the money that they had invested, uh, most of it was taken out. And suddenly, because they knew they were losing the war, it was nearly the end, it was you know, one year away from the end of the war, they felt it wasn't worth it and they wanted to put the money into a project for the Thule Society because they were deeply connected to them too, uh, funding everything from the Nazis, uh, so that they could begin what they called the Fourth Reich. Now the reason this was important to them more than the war was because they were concerned with something else which was to do with their own propagation of this information and their own idea of a breakaway culture rather than that the idea of the war for them was a secondary concept. That was kind of Hitler's big deal and they weren't as bothered about that. I mean, it didn't really matter. What they wanted to do was set up their own society. Um, and so they put this money aside in the likes, in the places like, in South American places like Brazil and um, um, uh, around Europe in Switzerland and other places in certain banks. And this is where you hear of the lost German, you know, gold. That's right. It was put aside. And that money during the last year or so of the war, the two or the year after as well, was largely funded into this breakaway project, which seems to have been uh, engineered and brought about in Antarctica of all places. And the reason we know it was there is because the Germans went to Antarctica as well as renowned. They called it New Farbenland and um, the Nazi submarines explored extensively parts of Antarctica um, and realized there were num numerous natural resources there, which, um, Harold, which uh, uh, Admiral Byrd later concluded when he flew over and he said, look, you know, there's loads of resources there in terms of oil and coal, uh, and it's the size of uh, North America plus Europe. This is, again, something people don't understand. It is that large. And obviously the maps they put up on Google, they, they'll even admit this on Google, you know, they just sized down on purpose. So it's not like a huge conspiracy, but it, it is very, very large. And so um, these natural resources, knowing they were there, this breakaway community from uh, the, the Thule Society in Nazi Germany went to set up their new, as it were, headquarters, if you like, in Antarctica, out of the way of the Western world, out of the way of the remnants of the war, taking with them the money they 
they'd said from their investors at IG Farben, at Volkswagen and all the other companies to set up the Fourth Reich um, and to create this new uh, society now where and what that was going to be is another question but they knew they wanted to probably have an off-world breakaway community why because they were creating these flying discs that in time they knew would be able to get off planet and they did want to it would seem connect to their uh, you know inspirational <laughs> guides the, the 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 people that had contacted on the on the star system of Aldebaran apparently now this is all right out there you can find this it sounds crazy for people who are unaware of it but this was very 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 much part of the occultist um, approach of of the Nazis the Thule Society look it up the Vril Society were also part of this and the Order of the Black Sun who were directly connected to the SS and whose badge the SS had on their shoulder so that these are three occultist societies and again we've spoken about this before when we speak about occultism i'm not talking about the devil or something negative in this way by and by in definition all it means is that there is information that you don't know it's secret it's occulted right it's secret it's unknown you you don't know about it and it's kept secret from the populace that's the idea that's all it means um, however yes in this case they want to use this for control because it just would seem it would seem likely that these beings they're talking about well it was written in um, the same language the Anunnaki used in the same part of the world you would imagine there was a connection directly between these two races wouldn't you uh, now and I would argue very strongly that they were um, possibly one and the same or at least it, the Anunnaki were a de derived race from that star system originally. Um, either way, this is what was going on. So, what happened then was, to sum this part up, at the end of this, at the end of World War II, 1946 I think it was, <clears throat> so the war's over and America are obviously pretty bankrupt at this point. This is why you have to put this into context. Uh, at this point they're very, very poor, right? You've spent a lot of money on the war. You've won, but it's cost you a lot of money. So you've got a lot of reparations to make, and you know, hence, you know, society's not looking too happy because they've got no money, right? And yet, it's at this point that <clears throat> the uh, American Navy, during 1946, um, send a a flotilla of of, of naval ships and um, <clears throat> and naval personnel and. Uh, uh, and the like, and in huge amounts of, of equipment, huge amounts of equipment, with a huge amount of money. It must have cost a huge amount of money because they planned to go to Antarctica for um, nine months. That was the plan. And this operation was called Operation High Jump. And Operation High Jump was to take all these men down to Antarctica and they were they wasn't clear what they were supposed to be doing there they were supposed to be scouting around and it was going to take them nine months the reality is of course they wanted to they'd heard that the Nazis had fled there and wanted to go and clear them out this is the idea now all we know is that they arrived there and within three months never mind nine they were sent back with their tail between their legs and had many casualties and damage to equipment. So there are stories, of course, but 
and, and there are lots of stories about you know battles with flying discs that seems likely however regardless what we know is very strange that they should have gone down there after the war which would have cost them thousands and thousands and thousands and why the hell would they come back so quickly after such a setup unless that's exactly what did happen and they had no option excuse me but to return um, sooner rather than later and again this was spoken about by Admiral Byrd who, who was the man who first flew over both poles um, and has been after this event um, on the way back he made uh, a report in um, a paper in the country of Chile and in this pay in, in I mean like as a newspaper and in the newspaper in in Chile he gave this press conference where he gave this very bizarre set of uh, reports that they had been attacked by some flying discs some strange off-world craft and he said from now on we must get ourselves ready for the kind of war that we can't even believe is possible yet because we are dealing with craft that can fly from pole to pole in a matter of minutes this is the kind of technology we're dealing with this of course created a huge amount of fear amongst the american military at the time as you can imagine <clears throat> and as a result this was the beginning of what we know today as homeland security in the states um, i.e all the secret agencies and pretty much all the black ops projects began roundabout at this point in order to set up a shield of protection and secrecy which once Roswell had hit um, became pretty much locked down across the board but this was pretty much the beginning of that secrecy and from then on in it just got deeper and deeper next time we will discuss Roswell being pretty much the most important first start point to um, what becomes the biggest cover-up as I said in modern history uh, from my own estimation we'll discuss the details of how that began an even deeper cover-up of what was really going on in the Cold War and as a consequence how that led on to where we find ourselves today in the modern era and how that ties in to our conversation about the end times, solar flares and ETs in uh, the last set of programs. Until then, I wish you all truth, freedom and balance.